coming up on this week's podcast. One thing we can learn from the Christmas story is that God is not going to remain in the confining box of our expectations. He has greater thoughts than ours. He has better purposes for us than our own agenda. And like the shepherds and wise men, we need to respond to the unexpected with joy and worship him. Because when you're dealing with the Lord of glory, you'd better expect the unexpected and determine to trust him no matter how differently things have turned out from your original idea. Stay tuned for more. Welcome to another New Hope Chapel podcast. Located in Arnold, Maryland, New Hope Chapel is a vibrant church committed to biblically-based teaching, often focusing on discovering the Jewish roots of the faith. You can find out more about our church at newhopechapel.org. Now, here's Julie Coleman with today's message. Well, I hope everybody's ready for Christmas. Don't you love this time of year? Isn't this like the best night ever when you're getting ready and you know when you wake up in the morning all this good stuff's going to happen? <laughs> I, loved, I loved growing up in my household at Christmas time because my mom was a real Christmas fanatic. And she would start really early decorating and baking and getting everything ready. She would get a little crazy with buying a present. So it got so bad that um, we would have to like actually hide gifts when people would come over to visit because it was embarrassing how much was underneath the tree. And so... <laughs> When my husband and I first got married, I was really excited about him coming to um, East Hartford, Connecticut, where I was from, to experience Christmas with my mother because she really was really into it, and I thought it would be really fun. So that night, um, we all went to bed, normal time, everything was good, um, everything was laid out, ready to go, and about 2.30 in the morning, we hear my mother running down the hall, Santa Claus came! Santa Claus came! Steve said, are you kidding me? You get up at 2.30 in the morning to, to open presents? I said, no, no, something's very wrong. So I got up, tea kettles whistling, the tree lights are blinking, Christmas music's playing, my mother's in the kitchen cutting out bagels. I said, Mom, what are you doing? Well, Santa Claus came. I said, Mom, something's wrong. It's 2.30 in the morning. She looked at the clock. She said, oh, my goodness, I thought it was 10 after 6. <laughs> I said, well, it's not. So we better go back to bed. So we did. We shut off all the lights, turned off the Christmas carols, turned off the tea kettle, got my mother back into bed. She waited until dawn and then began to cry once more. Santa came! Santa came! So we're sitting on the edge of the bed, groggily trying to get up after being up half the night with my mother, and all of a sudden we hear the fire alarm go off. And I hear my mother say, Johnny! She had for- she'd lit the fire in the fireplace and forgotten to open the flue. <laughs> my husband put the pillow over his head. He said, this is a crazy house! <laughs> oh, it's really a true story. You can ask him. It actually happened. I'm not making it up, and I'm not even exaggerating for once in my life. (laughs) You know, as absurd as that Christmas morning, our first Christmas together in my mother's house was, um, it was kind of legendary in our family, of course. You know, after that, we had to tell the story every year at Christmas and embarrass my mother. And and, um, actually, I think we even told it at her funeral (laughs) because it's just such a great story about my mom. But, you know, I think sometimes the unexpected is the best part of Christmas. Don't you think so? 
that unexpected present that you got that you didn't even know you needed, but somebody gave it to you and it was like so exciting and you were so happy to have it. Um, that new recipe that becomes the hit of Christmas dinner. Um, maybe the unexpected cute things that children say as they're opening presents and, and interacting with adults. We had one of those moments the other day. My little grandson, Stephen, who's three, was telling me that Daddy drew him a picture of a race car and Winnie the Pooh. And I said, oh, that was nice, Stephen. He said, yes, it was very clever. <laughs> All those fun moments. It's so fun. Even when you're shopping and you find the perfect gift you didn't even know you were looking for. Well, those wonderful surprises are what make Christmas so wonderful, that unexpected um, part of the holiday. And, of course, with us, we expected... Come, now long expected Jesus. He was expected for a very long time. The world expected him. They knew a lot about him from Old Testament prophecy. Here's just one example, and there's so many of them. For unto us a child is born, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name (coughs) will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. So we knew a lot about Jesus from this and many, many other prophecies written hundreds of years before he was ever born. We were expecting a lot from this Messiah. But there's one thing that we didn't expect, and that was an incarnation God becoming man. And tonight, I want to take just a really quick look at two groups that already have been mentioned that had expectations when it came to the Messiah. Um, the first we read about, Bill just read in the story with uh, Luke chapter 2, um, uh, the, the account of Savior's birth, and that is the, sh- oops, the shepherds. The shepherds. Um, who were the shepherds? Well, they were actually the lowest class citizen. And um, they were, because they had to hire themselves out. They didn't own their own flocks. They didn't um, own their own land. They weren't wealthy enough for that. And so they were kind of financially on the low end of the totem pole. Um, And they were despised by the orthodox, the religious people of the day. Because there were a lot of rules that were um, in place about how you were to be holy all kinds of rituals and ceremonies and things like that that were fine if you lived in a house and you had access to water and different things like that. But if you were a shepherd living out in the middle of the field, you couldn't go through all of those rites and those kinds of things. And so they were despised not only by like the class of um, people in terms of finances, but they were also despised by the religious people because they were not pure. I'm okay. And so, the Orthodox looked down on them. So both religious and financial scales, they were at the bottom of the heap. So what expectations might they have had for the coming of the Messiah? Well, they were Jewish. They knew he was coming. They knew the prophecies, I'm sure, and they were familiar with a lot of the ideas. But one thing they never would have expected was that they would be the ones to get the announcement of all the people. I mean, you think about it. When the glory of the Lord was ever shown, it wasn't shown in some field in a farm. 
It was shown in the temple. It was shown in Jerusalem, in the center. And instead, God chose to announce the Savior's birth on a farm five miles outside of Jerusalem. Didn't even make sense that they would never have thought that. That was definitely unexpected. And it's kind of interesting. The temple kept their own flocks of sheep because they had to sacrifice a lamb twice a day, once in the morning, once at night, every single day. So there was a a constant influx of lambs that they needed. And so the temple actually had their own flocks. And a lot of people think that those flocks that those shepherds were watching over in Jerusalem were the very flocks that were being sacrificed at the temple. And so now God is allowing them, the keeper of the sheep who were to be sacrificed, they were the first to see the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. So they did not get what they expected. They were expecting a nice quiet night, probably hanging out by the fire, settling down. A few of them might have already been asleep. Maybe they took shifts, I don't know, but they were, you know, had to keep watch over the flocks at nighttime. And the last thing they expected was the glory of the Lord to shine around them. And instead of the temple, God was announcing a savior on the fringes of the small town on a farm. They might have expected a political leader that was going to come and lead Israel to victory over Rome, their oppressor, and allow them to have their own rule again. And they were going to get someone who was going to lead them to victory. But now what the Messiah was coming for was to give them a chance at purity and righteousness, the very thing they couldn't have because they were shepherds. So there was a lot of things that were unexpected about that night for them. And this is what they said. Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. They changed their plans for the evening. They responded quickly. The unexpected had occurred. And they told everyone who would listen. They were the first evangelists going out and telling about the Messiah being born. Totally unexpected. A second group that also had some unexpected things happen was the Magi. Now, the Magi, um, we're not sure exactly where they come from, but it's, it's, it's um, pretty accepted the fact that they were either Persian or Babylonian. And they were a group of people, wise men, who functioned very much like the priests did in um, Israel, the Levites. And so they would, uh, no sacrifice could be offered without a Magi present. They were men of holiness. They were men of wisdom. And they taught, um, they taught the uh, Persian law and, and instructed Persian kings. They were experts in philosophy, medicine, natural science, especially astrology, experts in astrology, interpretation of dreams, and various other secret arts. And so the study of the stars had led them to believe that there was a great leader that was on his way that was going to arrive in in um, Jerusalem. And so they went. But where did they go? What was their expectation? Well, he was going to be a king, according to the star. So where would you go to see a king? To the capital, to the palace. And when they got there, I'm sure they were expecting. The star was in the sky. It was the Jews' king. You would think there'd be a lot of celebrating going on, lots of attention being given out to this king. And instead, they got there, and everybody was scratching their heads and looking at him. What do you mean? And so he went to Herod, and he asked Herod the Great, or they they asked Herod the Great, you know, where's the king? We saw a star in in the east. We saw it rising. And so we know that he's supposed to be here. And so Herod consulted some of the um, 
people in the temple, and sure enough, they told him, oh yeah, there is a king coming, and the king is going to be born um, here in, in, um, in Bethlehem. So you would think then, now that they know that the king has been born, that these guys would jump up and say, yeah, we'll go with you, wise men. We'll go find the king in Bethlehem so we can come worship him too. They stayed put in Jerusalem. They weren't interested. That must have surprised the wise men greatly. Why aren't they making a fuss about this? I mean, there was a star in the sky. And then they get out of Jerusalem and the star reappears. And it brings them exactly, it moves over to Bethlehem, exactly where Jesus is. And they go and they find him. But they don't find him, as they expected, near a throne. They don't find a city in celebration, excited about his arrival. No one's anxious to welcome the baby. And they find find Herod, the king, rather than receiving the fact that he was coming as a good thing, that he saw it as a threat. And he did what he could in his power to actually take care of the problem so that Jesus would never grow into into a man. And rather than find a baby in Bethlehem surrounded by wealth and privilege and, and beautiful things and, and uh, just everything that you could give a baby, they found him in just a simple house in Bethlehem, having been born in a stable. They got the unexpected when they arrived. What was their response? The Bible tells us they had great, exceedingly great joy. And they fell down before him and they worshipped him, and they offered him these beautiful treasures, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then they had a dream, of course, or a revelation that they were not to go back to Herod and tell them where the baby was, but instead to go home a different way. And that's what they did. They were obedient to that because of uh, what God had told them. So the story of Christmas is a story of receiving and then embracing the unexpected. People had expectations of the Messiah. What did they expect of the king? Well, first they expected that he would shepherd the flock. He would be the great shepherd, as was told in prophecy. And he was. But he was also the lamb of God. They expected that he would be the king of kings. And he was. But he was also the servant of all. They expected him to be a prophet. And he was a prophet, but he was also the very fulfillment of prophecy. They knew he would be a high priest, and he was, but he was also the atoning sacrifice. They knew he'd be a righteous judge, but he was also a condemned prisoner. And they knew he would be the ancient of days, but he came as a newly born baby. And the greatest unexpected gift of all is that he was God and man together in one person. God gave the unexpected on that night. It shouldn't surprise us. It's kind of how God tends to operate in general. (laughs) And as Paul described in Ephesians, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond All that we ask or think. God is the God of the unexpected. So what does that mean for you and me tonight? Well, it means that one thing we can learn from the Christmas story is that God is not going to remain in the confining box 
of our expectations. He has greater thoughts than ours. He has better purposes for us than our own agenda. And like the shepherds and wise men, we need to respond to the unexpected with joy and worship him. Because when you're dealing with the Lord of glory, you'd better expect the unexpected and determine to trust him no matter how differently things have turned out from your original idea. And in the end, what he will do will be far greater than anything that you could have dared to dream. So this Christmas season, put your trust in God, even when he gives you the unexpected. And he won't disappoint you when you choose to trust him. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. New Hope Chapel is a vibrant ministry in Arnold, Maryland. We are a Christ-centered church with biblically-based teaching focused on the Jewish roots of the faith and committed to helping each person discover and use their spiritual gifts. If you're in the area, we would love for you to come and visit. You can find out more information about our church at newhopechapel.org. Subscribe to the New Hope Chapel podcast on iTunes, and you'll get the next podcast in your sleep. New Hope Chapel.